Hey, this is Hemet and Jessica, and you're listening to the Friendly Atheist Podcast. If you like what you're listening to, please go to patreon.com slash Friendly Atheist Podcast. Patreon does not have their weird little uh, special change in how they do payments. They fixed it. It's okay. You can give via Patreon. It's all good. Oh, yeah. I heard about that on other podcasts. I didn't even bother to check on ours. It was like chaos for like a day, two yeah. days, and then they just a fixed mess. it. Whatever. We're at my house tonight. It's an evening. It's a travel day. God, it's almost 11 o'clock p.m. I know. The kids are asleep. Yeah. My dog is awake. She's just going to be clicking around. <laughs> I'm not that sorry about it. I saw uh, Star Wars today. Congratulations. <laughs> Have you, wait, so you've seen none of the Star Wars, including like the two recent no, ones? No, I was telling Jess. I'll get my happy thing out of the way now, which oh. is that yesterday the kids were not with me. <laughs> and so we went to see a movie, I think for the first time in like two years. Stop it. Like in an actual theater. Yeah, well, yeah. Uh, and when we came, I was disaster artist. Not bad. Not yeah. bad. As we came out, I'm like, why are there lines out here of people? <laughs> oh, you're so like, connected. Like that movie wasn't, I mean, there was no one in my theater. What the hell are these people <laughs> waiting in line for? Because uh, there were literally like six of us in yeah. the theater. Uh, yeah, apparently there was another movie coming out. Who knew? Yeah. Who knew? I was literally, it was, uh, we were at the Cantera Theater, so it has the recliners, which are oh, nice. so excellent. <laughs> and literally, like, I was so into the movie that I was sitting cross-legged with my elbows on my knees and my <laughs> face on my fists very like a nice. small child watching their first movie. <laughs> I was very invested in it. I very much enjoyed it. Nice. Um, hey, okay. you want some good news for once? Yes, I have. Oh, you're gonna be so proud of me. I did so much research. Look at you. I know. Doug Jones. Yay! Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Won an election. Ooh, ooh. So first of all, yeah. I was wrong because I you was sure so sure Roy Moore was gonna win. Um, and nothing nice happens. Why would I think something nice happens? But Doug Jones pulled it out. Look at I, him. I tweeted because as soon as I hadn't been watching all night because I didn't think I could like stand watching the returns come in. Yeah. But I was constantly checking my phone because I'm a nightmare person. Um, and the uh, I turned it on like right as they're kind of like breaking even. Yeah. And all of a sudden Roy Moore starts pulling ahead and I'm seeing like there's no, or, um, I'm, Doug, Doug Jones. Jones starts pulling ahead. There's no path for more anymore. They're waiting for all these like blue counties to come in. See, I'm watching the New York Times needle pointing in the uh, Doug Jones <laughs> direction. I'm like, oh shit, this again. Because well, that's how they got you because I saw that one too and it was like, because when they Doug did Jones it for Hillary, 80, that didn't work. But also the way they do it, it's like Doug Jones has like an 82% chance of winning. I was like, I don't trust you. <laughs> um, but I texted Hemet, like, oh my God, he's pulling ahead. Oh my God, he won. Oh my God, they're calling it. And Hemet just texts back, I'm just waiting for something bad to happen. So <laughs> hey, that's... Roy Moore has not conceded yet. <laughs> what the fuck Who knows? is that? Uh, one thing I did want to talk about in regards to Please Doug tell me Jones campaign winning. Manager. Oh, okay. <laughs> we'll talk about okay, the, 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 that guy, uh, the spokesperson. But in terms of the religious demographics, because mm -hmm. when they looked at the exit polls for who was voting oh, yeah. in Alabama, uh, what they saw was that when it came to white evangelical Christians, mm -hmm. they overwhelmingly, like 80% of white evangelicals backed Roy Moore, what? which is, I pretty, can't much, believe it. It's which an is pretty much the same number that backed Donald Trump, too. White people have never done anything wrong, so I don't <laughs> know how this happened. But yeah, they still backed Roy Moore. And the reason uh, Doug Jones was able to pull ahead is, I think, 98% of black women and 93% yeah. of black men supported Doug Jones. So smaller group of people, but overwhelming. Right. And that, and they had a in addition to the other groups 
Uh, black people had a really good voter turnout, if I'm remembering They did, relative right. to their population. Right. Yeah, it was incredible. So that's a big thing. And here's one thing that you hear a lot in the news, like white evangelicals, you know, voted Ruined for Roy Moore. Yeah. <laughs> but the question you always hear whenever that number comes up to uh-huh. people who don't read these demographic things all the time is like, why you got to be racist about it? Why is it always the white evangelicals? It's because they vote <laughs> as a block. Yeah. It's because they vote the same way about the same issues. And this was the thing that you would read a lot of things like, well, the values voters, the, the Christian voters voted for Roy Moore. And that's not true because the black voters who supported Doug Jones, yeah. the, the black women, like all of whom voted for Doug Jones, mm-hmm. Almost all of them go to church and they go to these Christian churches and they are evangelical. Mm-hmm. They describe themselves. They fit the profile of an evangelical. So it is absolutely unfair to lump all evangelicals together. Mm-hmm. It's the white ones who like Roy Moore, but yeah. the black evangelicals and the black Christians were very much for Doug Jones. Mm-hmm. And many of them will tell you, no, my faith tells me Doug Jones is actually looking out for the poor. Yeah. He's actually trying to help the people like Jesus. Is there applying Christian values? I've never heard of (laughs) such a thing. Yeah. So just be, when you're talking about these numbers, be careful in lumping all these groups together because they're not, it's not like the black voters are godless. It's not like they're uh, atheistic here necessarily. No, most of them are Christian. Most Mm -hmm. of them voted for Doug Jones inspired by their faith because Doug Jones, by the way, is also a Christian. Right. You wouldn't know it (laughs) from the race. It's like, oh, Roy Moore is the Christian candidate. literal devil. Right. So uh, just interesting demographic things. I did not see any demographic information that said, here's what the non-religious voted for. I assume it's mostly Doug Jones, but they didn't have any numbers to back up. Like, this is what atheists did. Uh, This is what other ethnic groups or racial groups did. Just because in Alabama, there's not a lot, so you can't draw a lot of conclusions from it. (laughs) There's like 14 atheists. I know. The 14 atheists didn't constitute, like, a good number to use. You can only extrapolate so much (laughs) out of a half dozen people. Yeah. Um, Yeah, that was a really uh, exciting night. Um, I do definitely want to talk about... (laughs) Roy Moore on the horse. Yeah, because- the horse. <laughs> Let's talk about the horse. Somebody- the horse's name is what? Sassy. Sassy. Hashtag <laughs> me too, Sassy. Which isn't that a teenage girl magazine? That no. It definitely sassy? sounds sassy. Maybe it definitely in the 1950s. It heaven, sounds like the name talking? of a teenage it girl magazine. The name of both my friends Pitbull. And a horse I rode in college. His name was Sassy. She was kind of an asshole. But um, (laughs) anyway, so yeah, so Roy Moore comes. So I get a push alert, like the New York Times or whatever, just covering the day's election thing. And it was just like, this is happening. This is happening. Roy Moore rides in on a horse. And I didn't think anything of it because that's literally the dumbest thing I've ever heard of my entire fucking life. But apparently it's a thing. He does. Oh, yeah. He did it during the primaries, too, (laughs) when he was beating Luther Strange. Rode in to to vote. So, on his horse, so as one does, and then I all of a sudden I get a um, a G chat from my brother that like the headline is horse Twitter is coming for Roy Moore, and <laughs> I was like, that's horse Twitter. A, I didn't know that was a thing. I worked with horses professionally for a minute, and I'm not welcome on horse Twitter. <laughs> but 
I watched the video and I've never been so like made so visibly uncomfortable by a vid. So, okay. What's wrong with Roy Moore riding a horse? God, don't get me started. And I'm saying that literally because Mikey finds me deeply unfun to watch movies with <laughs> because I'll, if, if somebody's on screen, he's like, yes, I know they're a bad rider, Jess. You need to move on. Okay. So, so I'm watching that and I'm so just like, oh, he's riding a horse. That's stupid. He's doing it very badly. Okay. Okay. Why? So what happens? So he gets he rides in fine. He has garbage form, like his feet are kicked way out in front of him. But that's not interesting for people who don't ride. Okay. When he's leaving is when sort of the like fireworks happen. So his horse is visibly uncomfortable, and I'm assuming she's spooked by like the the um cameras and by whatnot? the camera. There's a lot going on, mm-hmm. which. A, I feel like if he does this a lot, you want to get like a bomb-proof horse that is going to be okay with that. Also, he looked really big for that horse. That's not my business. It just his, maybe his stirrups were just too long. But he had his feet kicked way out in like at her shoulders, and which means he's sitting really back, yeah. which is hard on the horse. Like it's, hey, Dottie, <laughs> I know you really like that bag, but um, and so. So, like, his form is really bad, so his horse is uncomfortable, and so he's kind of behind her her, her motion, so he's sitting back, and then he's, okay, so, this is boring, but, so, western riding, you hold both reins with one hand, you do something called neck reining, which means you just, like, point your hand the direction you want to go, you lay the opposite rein on the horse's neck, and it responds off that pressure. Okay. Does that make sense? No. Cool. Um, English (laughs) riding, you hold the reins with two hands, so you pull where you want to go. So, you're like, does that make more sense? Sure. Roy Moore was doing neither of those things. <laughs> he was not neck reining, but he was whole, so like horseback reining, you hold like, imagine your elbows at your sides mm-hmm. and your hands straight out in front of you. That's kind of where you want to be in terms of position. A little further if you're doing hunter jumper, lower if you're doing dressage. But and in Roy general, Moore was. Roy Moore's hands were behind his ass. Like they were separated and back and down. And that horse was so confused and so deeply unhappy with what was going on. She was like clearly panicking, was so close to bucking, but he was just doing this weird, like wide, explain the gesture I'm doing. Uh, You're just moving. (laughs) You're like Donkey Kong right now (laughs) with your arms out to the side. Yeah, like... Like imagine driving a bus. Yeah. Like with like giant ass wheel. Yeah, but they were like down by his hips, and so the horse is like skidding. I'm shocked she didn't just dump him right there. It would have made my entire life. That would have been a clip. That would have been incredible. It almost sounds like Roy Moore doesn't know what he's doing, and yet he just likes doing certain things for show. It's like a metaphor for his whole career. Yeah. But that poor horse, though, like, I know we're worried about, like, the humans he's abused, yeah. but that horse seemed pretty unhappy. That sounds right. Of course right. he brought in a paint horse. Like, we get it. You're from the South. Like, you're <laughs> you're a cowboy. You ride a paint horse. Really cool. And didn't he also put out, like, he held up his little gun at a rally as if, I like... I did not know that. Yeah, On like a horse? Not with the horse. Oh. Just with wearing his little cowboy little <laughs> Halloween outfit. As if, like, <laughs> he's he's a real man. <laughs> What's his name from Looney Tunes? Yeah, with the red beard? I don't know the name. Oh, somebody's Yosemite Sam. Yes, that's it. I yeah, got the gesture. Yeah, which is great for which podcasts. is also looking like Donkey Kong. By the way, that's <laughs> all of your gestures. But yeah, he was he does all these things really for show. Like, look at me, I'm totally the guy oh in the God. stereotype. It's, but he doesn't actually know what so he's doing. Performative in such yeah. a specific way. It and really just, is like Donald Trump. You just play the part, yeah, but you don't actually you know what you're the doing. Words that you think you're supposed to say. Anyway, it was that poor horse. Um, it just made me very uncomfortable. Speaking of uncomfortable, Roy Moore's spokesperson. God. 
This I wasn't gonna oh. watch it because I didn't want to, and then oh. I did, and God, I'm so happy oh, I did. And if you don't know what we're talking, the two of you Find don't know what we're video. talking about. Ted Crockett is the guy's name. Goes on CNN. Do you Jake think Ted Tapper, Crockett is his real name. That's the most bullshit. Like, son of Davy. I don't know. Again, it's like they. Ma- it's like we made up these men in a lab. Like liberals Central were like, yeah. Okay, this is so our stereotypes of the South. Something like so that. So he was Ted on... Crockett goes on CNN. Uh, the lead Jake Tapper. Jake Tapper. And Jake Tapper says something like, you know, Roy quotes. Moore. Said in the past uh, that homosexuality ought to be illegal. Does he still believe that? And this guy is like, probably. <laughs> so that was bad enough. And yes. you would think, dude, you're supposed to say, oh, no, he doesn't believe that anymore. That's you took him out of context. Discrimination. <laughs> but then they asked him, he also, Roy Moore also said once in 2006 that Muslims shouldn't be allowed in Congress. This is when Keith Ellison, I think, Got into Congress, mm, and he's and the Muslim rep from uh, Minnesota. And he swore in a Quran, right? That was like he swore in on a Quran. So that was owned by Thomas Jefferson. I found yes. out today. And so they, uh, Jake Tapper's like, does Roy Moore still believe Muslims shouldn't be allowed in Congress? And yes, what was the thing Crockett said? So he said that you couldn't because you have to swear in a Bible. Um, and Jake Ta- and like this is kind of where the magic really happened because Jake Tapper a couple times was like, you don't. That's not a law, sir. And he finally said, you don't actually have to swear in a Christian Bible. You can swear in anything, really. I don't know if you knew that. (laughs) And Crockett, so confident in himself. Oh, no. I swore in the Bible. I've done it three times. And Tapper said, (laughs) "Um, God, what did he... uh, I'm sure you uh, have. have. I'm sure you've picked the Bible. But the law is not that you have to swear on a Christian Bible. That is not the law. Long pause. With like this slack jawed, like (laughs) thousand yard stare into the camera. It was just seeing a man's soul escape through his mouth. Like (laughs) he was so disillusioned in that moment. It was gorgeous. It was per, and this is on election night. This is before he even lost. Mm -hmm. And it was like, I can just imagine that this is the worst day of this guy's life. And, Jake Tepper just waited that silence out, oh, and he's he like, was, you don't know that? He, <laughs> the man is a good journalist, excellent comic timing. And Crockett's response after all that was, Donald Trump did it when we made him president. <laughs> I forgot about that! And Tapper's like, yeah, because he's a Christian and he picked it. You don't have to pick the Bible. So, of co- okay, first of all, Tapper, totally right. You can swear on whatever you want. Right. Keith Ellison swore... In well, on a Quran, atheists will swear in like the Constitution. Yeah, or? Uh, Kirsten Cinema, who is adamantly not an atheist, but the rep from Arizona, who's running for senator. And how dare you insinuate, insinuate yes. otherwise? Uh, rep from Arizona, running for Jeff Flake Senate seat. She swore in on a Constitution. So, like, yes, you could do that. Right. I, Pastafarians will swear in uh, on, on whatever the hell they strainer. want. Yeah, a box like, of barilla. You could do it on whatever you want. <laughs> There's no rule that says it has to be the Bible. Uh, let me. I want to still talk about this, but. I read something that was really interesting about this guy. It's so easy to make fun of this slack jawed, this guy who doesn't know anything, and yet he's somehow the spokesperson for a guy who knows even less than he does. Again, is there some metaphor there somewhere? I just don't know. Um, there is a uh, writer. He writes for a site called Ribbon Farm, which is actually a really cool site. A lot of long Ribbon articles. Farm? Ribbon Farm. His okay. name is Venkatesh Rao. And here's what Rao was trying to say. He's like, I saw that clip. Mm-hmm. He's also an atheist, I believe. And he, he sees this clip and he's like, I, it feels like watching that guy, speaking as this writer, Rao, he's like, I kind of felt uncomfortable watching him because I almost felt bad for the guy because it looks like, you know, he's gone up to this point in his life. 
clearly thinking. Let's let's give him the benefit of the doubt for a second. He clearly thinks everyone has to swear in on the Quran, right? Which is the why the Bible. I'm sorry. <laughs> which is why it makes sense that someone who swears in on a Quran, you can't do that, right? Because because you have to do it on the Bible. Everything in this guy's worldview mm-hmm. says you have to do that. It's a Christian nation. This right. is what happens. And all of a sudden, you step outside the bubble. Jake Tapper's like, that's not how it works. You could do whatever you want, right? And this guy's like, huh? And I believe Rao used the phrase like it was a glitch in the matrix. It what? No, it really did and feel this, like you, that. Like you said, this guy's just like everything I've learned in my life doesn't seem right with this fact you're throwing in my face. I just, <laughs> oh, I don't know. And this is the thing. Like uh, this is what Rao wrote, and I thought it was a really nice way of putting it. If you were believing you had to put the, your swear in on a Bible, and mm-hmm. someone said no, you you could do it on anything, the secular among us would guess. You know, uh, do you have to use a Bible? Mm-hmm. Uh, we would say, how would a practicing Muslim be sworn in? We would just say, oh, on a Quran, that's right. not a big deal. Like this would not even be a conflict for us yeah. because like, oh yeah, well that makes sense. And if you're Buddhist, maybe there's that book. Or if you're Hindu, maybe you swear in on something else. Uh-huh. It's just how we think. But for this guy, if you're sincerely religious, Rao says, and your belief is that your book, the Bible, is special, then replacing that messes with everything. It changes the meaning of everything. And if you're just coming from that world, like everything doesn't make sense anymore. So it's... It's like this but, guy for the first time stepped outside his bubble and we got to see him like on the Truman Show where you're hitting the right. edge of the world. Yeah. This guy's that doing movie? that. I got to see one movie every now and then. <laughs> he's hitting the edge and he's like, what? What's going on uh-huh. here? I don't know what if he actually thought that or something, yeah. but like for at <laughs> That's least a second. Like. For at least a second, he's just like, no, what, you're, what you're telling me doesn't make sense you in know my worldview. It makes me think of, this might not be a reference that you get, but a couple of years ago when the Batman vs. Superman movie came out, you've the heard of... Ba- you've heard Batman? Mm-hmm. He's a man dressed mm-hmm. up as a bat. Mm-hmm. It's a superhero. You're not making me want to watch any of this. But, no, it was a terrible... Batman vs. Superman <laughs> was sincerely the worst movie. I, one okay. of the worst movies I've ever seen. My friends and I got a little bit drunk to go see it. It was worth Sounds it. Sounds good. Yeah. We went to Chili's, had some margaritas. <laughs> I hate to brag about Mayhop and social <laughs> life. Anyway, um, but anyway, so it was famously panned. Like, nobody liked okay. it. And there was some interview with Henry Cavill, I want to say his name is. He's British and handsome. And then Ben Affleck, who played Batman. Blink, blink, right. blink. Batman. No? That sure. d- do you know who Ben Affleck is? Yeah. Okay, God. He's the one who calls us racist for criticizing Islam. Something like that. Was that mm-hmm. him? That was him. Ugh, what a nightmare person. Um, anyway, God, this is... Where are we going with this? You know what? It was going to be quick, and then I forgot <laughs> you don't know what a superhero is. No. But anyway, somebody said something about how like a lot of people have been saying this movie is really bad. Yeah. And so it like Henry Henry Cavill, whatever his name is, is like talking about whatever, and you just see Ben Affleck. It's like the first time he hears... That the movie is awful. It's bad. And somebody edited it. Like the sound goes out and just does a zoom onto Ben Affleck's face while like just the light goes out of his eyes. (laughs) And it reminded me of this. I saw that gif or the clip of that. And what's the song that plays while he's doing that? Probably The Arms of the Angels. No, no, no. It was uh, the uh, Simon and Garfunkel. Oh, Sound of Silence? 
I'm gonna... I think that's the one. Yeah. yeah. And, and they just zoom in on Ben Affleck. Yeah. Yeah. When you realize, oh, everyone thinks this thing or everyone knows this thing right. except for me. It's a little weird. And you hope you could do that in private if it ever happens. But in this case, nope. Yeah. Um, the, the thing is also, I get really bad secondhand embarrassment. I'm very, very empathetic. So like if somebody's crying near me, I'm also crying. Yeah. So secondhand embarrassment to me is like nails on a chalkboard. It makes me, okay. it makes me physically squirm in my seat. Like I couldn't, I can't watch any Ben Stiller movies from the 90s because they're all just him being uncomfortable with Robert De Niro that might just be Meet the Parents, but I think there are others. Okay. But like, and so like watching this really triggered that kind of like, oh God, I'm so uncomfortable for this person. But also the guy is like 60 and in government. So like maybe if this was the first time he heard the concept that one doesn't have to swear in on a Bible on live TV, like maybe he deserves that. Yeah. I, I, maybe it's he not deserves a, to be like publicly I'm not saying out. we should empathize with this guy, but for a second, just try to see it from his perspective because that's an interesting no, way sure. to look at it. No, it totally um, is. I and just, I'm so curious. You know what I haven't seen yet? Huh. It's a response from that guy since that day. <gasps> Because oh, I don't, no, he hasn't. Oh, you're saying he hasn't. After responded? Roy Moore lost, it's like, well, I haven't heard anything from that guy. Mm-hmm. I'm really curious what his response is to all of the reactions because surely he knows he's right. a meme now. Yeah, um, oh, he has to be. And anyway. Today's 11 p.m., Friday, the 15th of December. Yes, as of right now, Roy Moore hasn't conceded, right? Uh, he has not conceded. And on Roy what, Moore is he looking gonna, for a recount? I, you know what, I think I read somewhere that he really does believe. God wanted him to win, and so he's clearly waiting for divine intervention God to come in at some point. also wants every football team to win. Like, yes. they can't all win. That's literally not how games work. Yeah. I uh, pulled up the um, sad Ben Affleck interview, and then yes. I realized I can't play it to hear the song yeah. because we're recording right now. So yeah. I'm just looking at Ben Affleck being sad on my computer. That's, that's just a good life thing you should always do. <laughs> it's just It'll something make to you feel better me. about yourself. <laughs> so, okay. hey, here's a segue for you. Speaking of sad... Uh, there is a Kentucky state representative. His name is Dan Johnson. And here's the deal with this guy. Uh, he was a Kentucky state representative, Uh Republican. He's also a pastor and not just any pastor. The pastor. The pastor. This guy was so religious and famous in his community. Uh Uh, they called him the Pope, or at least he called himself the Pope, even though he's not Catholic. But, Here's his deal. Wait, hold on. We're not going to glaze over that. Nah, I, he I don't have any... He himself the Pope, and he's not fucking Catholic? Because he thinks he's powerful. That's not how popes work. And, uh, Does he well, have a hat? Oh, uh, not... No, he had a Conan O'Brien type of red hair. But <laughs> here's the thing. This guy claimed to be a former White House chaplain. Okay. Uh, even though you can look up the White House chaplains of the past, yeah, and his name's really not on the list. He claimed check. to be a UN ambassador. There's no record of that. To, he claimed... To, Okay. To his church. Yeah, yeah. He claimed to be a first responder on 9-11. Oh. And the Ooh, thing people is... People in trouble for that one. He's actually... They checked. He's getting money from, like, the 9-11 <gasps> fund, but there's no record of why this guy from Kentucky would have gone there. No. And how he would have been a chaplain. The, the thing he said is he's not a first... He's a first responder in the sense that he was being a chaplain to, like, the firefighters and the cops who were there. 
But like that's a for a random for a random stranger to show up on site yeah. and provide that service, like they would not let a random dude in there. So like the reporters who looked into this guy are like, we don't really know why he's getting a check from them. Oh my but God. then it got worse. It got worse. Um, the Kentucky Center for Investigative Reporting put out this long, amazing, by the way, five-part investigative report on this guy wow. earlier this week. And it showed that in addition to his biography being full of these sorts of lies, uh, he also assaulted a young girl who was friends with his daughter. Oh, fuck off, yeah. dude. Um, so all, and by the way, I didn't even tell you, uh, there was also, oh, by the way, uh, his old church uh-huh. burned down and oh, he was arrested man. for arson. <gasps> Stop it. Then he lied about it. Like, well, this guy is full you're of You're going to commit arson. He lied. doesn't of, seem like that big a deal. Yeah. So then it gets bad because... Okay. It hasn't gotten bad no, yet. I think about two days after this report goes up, yeah. this guy took his own life. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Uh, the story as it went is this guy parked his car near a bridge, not to jump over it, but he shot himself in front of the car and they found his body. And he, before he killed himself... He went on Facebook and he posted this rant of sorts Uh or an explanation or a note of sorts Uh that it's kind of gibberish. And it's like, I really don't want to make fun of the gibberish given what happened to the guy. Sure. But he basically was like, the accusations are false. God knows the truth. This is fake news. I love God. I love my wife. Uh Uh, What else did he say? You know, I'm going to heaven now. Uh, I love my friends. God loves all people. It's kind of gibberish, but that's the essence of what he's saying. Uh-huh. And then then he killed himself. So a couple things about this. One is that there, there were better ways to handle that. Sure. But I don't know what's going through the guy's mind. The other thing is it's frustrating in one way because you don't get to see justice served for the allegations of assault. Right. Because uh, the... First, the victim who came forward and spoke with the reporters, like this is the first time she's really telling her story to reporters who are listening, uh-huh. as are many of the cases we're hearing. Uh-huh. And now this guy's gone. He won't get to see justice. We don't, we have these allegations of his autobiographical lies. Mm-hmm. And now who knows what happened? Like, what do you do with that? It's just, well, they're lingering in the air, I guess, because yeah. he can't even answer that. A um, couple other things that have happened since since this happened middle of the week, mm-hmm. his wife says she wants to take his uh, sent, uh, his state representative seat. Uh, she wants to... Is that a thing you can do? Uh, sh- I don't know. I don't know how that works. I don't know how Kentucky does it. Uh, and the other thing is, there's a lot of people saying this is the fault of the media. A lot of conservative sources are trying to gloss over like the, oh, the Me Too movement, look what you did. Or they, oh, yeah. what? Look, this I'm woman sorry. came out and said this, and then he took his life. Is this what you wanted, Are victim? Are you fucking yeah. kidding me? Mm-hmm. Oh, my, okay, okay. I thought they were saying it's the fault of the media that, like, oh, they basically did, like, trial by popular opinion and blah, blah, blah. Which, oh, like, they tried contacting him. He didn't respond. He knew this was coming. But the... So, but to blame wait, the victim wait, again. Wait, wait, So, so in, the, in these people's... He yes. brains. Yes. What happened was this man committed assault against a minor question mark? Uh yes, at the time. A minor. A friend of his daughter's, which is fucked. Mm-hmm. And then she said, Hey, you assaulted me. And he's the victim in that scenario. And he's the victim. 
uh, people on Twitter were like, oh, another victim, the congressman, or I'm sorry, the state representative, yeah. another victim of Me Too hysteria. Oh, my God. The Me God, Too movement is out of dick. control. Are you fucking kidding me right now? Yeah. And another person, what I think. What do they think is happening? What is the scenario that they painted in their head? Like, do they think every one of these women is lying? Yes. Which is which is fucking baffling because what are they gaining? Because yeah. a lot of people are like, oh, they want fame or whatever. No, like assholes like you are trying to dox people, yeah. not you, Hemant, you, the yeah, yeah, yeah. hypothetical person I'm yelling at. I, I still don't know what fame the women who are coming out like. I honestly, if you ask me, who came out uh, against like Louis C.K. or something, or like any of the yeah the things that aren't like the famous Harvey Weinstein because right. they're actresses who are famous. Everyone else, I don't I don't know their names because that wasn't the main part of the story. It's, oh, this happened, this right. person's saying it. Right. But like, they're not looking for the fame. I don't even know outside of like Taylor Swift who's on the Time Magazine cover. Oh, like I should. I, I feel yeah. bad saying that. No, but, like, there's... but there's people who are on there who are the whistleblowers who are right. coming out about this stuff. But I'm like, but I, I, I'm not interested in their names they're not looking for glamour and glory here they're trying it, to speak out because in this moment it's not about each individual story and like it is yeah. and isn't it what what and what the me too is, movement is just all right. these stories coming out uh one person wrote this it just went further than just bashing me too he's saying i think this me too business has gone too far if you do not have evidence you should not be allowed to make the accusation in public Suck my nuts. and if you're caught lying you should go to jail for a long time First of all, her evidence is she had text messages and she had his Facebook messages. She had evidence of him. But that's uh, but that's care. besides the point. Yeah, they there's nothing care. there's nothing not that would convince that. these people. It's not about evidence because because here's the other thing, it, when people do come forward if they have any evidence, it's why didn't you come forward sooner? Right. It's nothing these women do can be short of like if a man is brutally assaulting a woman and she screams and somebody comes and catches that happening, I think that is literally the only evidence so that they will... We Didn't we see video of like Ray Rice beating his girlfriend oh, in like sure an elevator? Did. And so we, now and it's on video and they're like, well, what would she say to him? And, <laughs> like the, and you Hammett, he got like a three-game suspension. Well, so, you know, you know the harsh, we really harsh. value women in this society. Yeah, so anyway, the, the point being, they're blaming the Me Too movement. They were blaming the media as if the reporters who were investigating this guy's lies were doing something wrong by exposing his lies. It's fucking garbage. Yeah. It's all garbage. So anyway, like uh, one thing I do want to say, I did see a lot of atheists uh, and liberals in general almost gloating over the guy's suicide. Oh, like that's icky. Yeah, that's icky. No, that's not. That's uh, guys. That's not the thing. <laughs> guys be chill. Yeah. Weird reaction. Don't celebrate the guy's suicide. Appreciate the reporting because it was solid right. reporting. Read that article, mm-hmm. which we'll link to, and think of the victim. Don't think of this guy. Yeah, that's garbage. Yeah. Um, I want to do one of my Please. stories. So last week I talked uh, kind of briefly about about um, is Daddy trying to eat something over there? I don't know. Okay. Uh, yeah, don't worry about it. Um, about Irene Garza, who was um. Uh, just came out that she w- or it, it was a cold case for a long time. Turns out she was murdered by a Catholic priest. Oh, right. So we talked about that. And then yesterday, my favorite murder came out, and Georgia <laughs> talked about that exact murder. 
So I was very excited. And what I, the reason I wanted to circle back on it is because I didn't do a ton of research on it. I just thought it was kind of an interesting, like, oh, a thing interesting ha- story. Um, it turns out, so this, mur- so uh, to, to review, a woman named um, Irene Garza was murdered in 1960 something. I've got it here somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, she was 25 years old. She was like a really bright, wonderful person and went to confession one night, never came home. And um, it turns out the um, priest to whom she was giving her confession had brought her into the rectory, I think is the word. Yeah. I don't know Catholicism. Anyway, um, brutally raped her, murdered her. Um, and then threw her in like a river or some garbage like that. So it turns out he was set. So, so that all happened. This is obviously years and years ago. He's finally caught. What I didn't know is that he made several confessions to people. He went to, he was sent to the, I don't know if, if you guys have seen the keepers. I found out about it there. Um, there are places for like quote unquote troubled priests. Oh. So instead of somebody gets caught, trying to fuck a kid mm-hmm. or something really chill like that. Um, instead of turning them into the police, they want to keep it internal and they send them to these like basically priest rehab. Yeah. And that's exactly what it is. And apparently he confessed to this man and it wasn't under the guise of like confession. So it wasn't right. necessarily even that privilege. It was just like in therapy. He literally described how he murdered this woman to another priest who sat on that information for, like, 50 years. Jeez. And finally, finally was like, oh, I should say something about oh, this. thank you. And went to the police. And they had a lot of evidence, and they just couldn't... There was a hung jury. The people running the um, people running the investigation were all Catholic. It was right around the time JFK was running for president, and so they were trying not to get, like, anti-Catholic sentiment, sure. sentiment up. And so it was not just like this one priest who did this horrible thing. It was one priest who did this horrible thing. And then the entire system just cloaked him and wow. comforted him on the, you know, it, it, the people refused to pursue it because they were Catholic. It would, It's just, it's such a good sort of microcosm of the whole systemic thing that's happening specifically in the Catholic church, but often elsewhere. Yeah. But anyway. Everyone um, just keeps it quiet. Yeah, it's hmm. it was, and I don't know what happened in this guy's brain that all of a sudden he was like, I should say something about this dude who murdered a woman, I guess. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Anyway. Well, that's sad. Yeah. Um, Here's one for you. Okay. There is li- a group called Liberty Council, conservative legal group. Every year say. they come out with a naughty and nice list, which <laughs> is their way of saying, <laughs> yeah. Sorry. They know who's naughty and nice. <laughs> That's sometimes having your tone can be like pretty uh, monotone and boring. Mono- I wasn't gonna Thank say you. boring, but monotone. But like you just come out of fucking left field and say things like naughty or nice list <laughs> as if it's something I could ever be emotionally prepared for. <laughs> My work here is done. <laughs> so they have this naughty and nice list, and what they say is <laughs> these are the stores you should shop at or the ones you shouldn't. Oh, okay, I've seen this. And the reason you should shop at certain stores is because they, they celebrate Christmas. Christmas. Yeah. yeah, they say Merry Christmas. They use the word Christmas in advertising. <laughs> they love Jesus. Yeah. Everyone else, naughty. Naughty. 
Uh, and so, do they have a comprehensive list of every store that doesn't No, say there's Christmas? only like 30 <laughs> stores on their list. Amazon, for example, isn't even on it. <laughs> because... <laughs> I thought you were going to say it's on their naughty list, and I was going to no, say something dumb about like, just, oh, no, Amazon's really going to hurt for business. Just not on it. <laughs> like, that's how useless this list is. You know what is on the list? Montgomery Ward. Radio Shack, okay. which is where we're all going to get... Our Christmas Honestly, presents. Honestly, if you'd given me three chances for joke answers, <laughs> Montgomery Ward was first. I think Radio Shack would have been second or there third. There you go. But it, so here's the thing. They've been doing this for oh, years. Circuit City, I would have said. I agree with your thing that you said earlier, which is this is really not hurting anybody no. in the sense that no store is like, oh, no, we're on the naughty list. Right. I should change, well, change policy. policy. Yeah, they're not. No one's doing that. But uh, there's a Jewish publication online. Uh, I think it's in print, too. It's called The Forward. Okay. They do good journalism. And one of the writers, one of the editors for there wrote that there actually is something kind of sinister to this list. Because when you're saying don't shop at the following stores because they don't say Merry Christmas, uh-huh. they're kind of saying, hey, don't shop at the stores that are being inclusive to Jews. Or the ones that are being inclusive to atheists and Muslims, for that matter. That's interesting. Yeah, like when you say happy holidays, that is what those stores are doing. We want to welcome everybody. Sure. And we don't know what you are, so we'll say happy holidays because we don't know what you believe or don't believe or whatever. And so when you say don't shop there, Uh shop at the ones that celebrate the birth of Jesus, they're just kind of saying, hey, if you welcome Jews Uh into your store or anybody else who's not Christian... You shouldn't, Christians, good Christians, right. shouldn't shop there. And that's, I, I know yeah, that's I not their intention, no. but that is kind of the underlying was, principle here. That's what you're doing when you say, don't shop at the happy holidays places. Uh, <laughs> the guy who wrote that, uh, his name is Jay Michelson. What he said is that if Liberty Council were really interested in liberty, then they would reward businesses which honor all religions rather than elevate the majority religion over minority ones. He's totally right. Isn't it impressive how Christians in the same breath can say that they deserve all these rights because they're the majority, but also can play the persecuted minority? Oh, yeah. How do they do that? uh, Because they lie. Oh, 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 oh. And they'll believe anything. So, yes, you're right. It's it's a huge paradox that they never seem to grasp, but... Uh There's they numbers wise, they win over everybody. Yet they're the persecuted people because what? Because other people get a voice because other people want the same treatment. It's very dumb. It is very dumb. Um, I've got more things. Okay, do we want things about okay? Do we want another? Oh, let's do another Christmas story. Listening. So, thank you to uh Philip W. who uh. Uh, brought this to our attention on Twitter. Did you see this tweet? You don't read your tweets. What? Tweets? Um, so <laughs> I read the tweets. So I want to pre- <laughs> I want to preface this by saying that there are a few things I understand less than the conflict in Israel. It is something <laughs> I don't understand because I've put no effort toward understanding. I understand that makes me in- ignorant. And that's all to say if I say something dumb, just like be patient with me for like a <laughs> second. So... Trump this week. Feel free to explain Israel in an email. It's all good. Yeah, no, I'll definitely read it and not delete it. Um, Tweet us the history of Israel. (laughs) You get 280 characters now. We're good. Just thread it. It'll be fine. Mm -hmm. I definitely read them. Um, So 
this week, Trump recognized um, Jerusalem as the capital of Israel. And that was bad and caused a lot of strife. Can you color that in a little bit for me? Um, He moved the embassy. He wants to move the embassy to Jerusalem. Uh, It's a contentious area because the Palestinians want dibs on it. Uh Israelis want dibs on it. And usually, like, the reason we haven't done that, even though the religious right wants it Uh and Israelis want it, is because it's kind of a nice bargaining chip to have. Like, if we move it here, Uh um, if, if... you talk to Palestinians and you're like, look, if we move Jerusalem here to and make it the Israeli capital, like, what do you want from Israel? It's a nice thing to have in peace talks. Mm-hmm. And Trump just is like, nope, we're moving it, which takes that off the table. Yeah. So uh, the Palestinian leader's like, well, screw your peace talks. Mm-hmm. We're not interested now. Like, it's, you just made it harder. Yeah. Like, Jared Kushner brokering the peace agreements was bad enough and now we made it even harder to achieve peace and the only people that seem to want it are Mm -hmm. not policy experts they're not middle eastern experts all of them like uniformly are like what the hell are you doing right so nobody seemed particularly no one who knows stuff way better than we do on this thing none (laughs) of them are saying this is a good idea uh, don't say we, say me, because I said no, what he did I'll was include. bad. That was my <laughs> journalism. Yeah, I, I'm sure I screwed something up in my own explanation there, too. That's fine. But, yeah, the, all the experts in this area are like, that. What? why? Why would you do that? Right. Don't do that. Right. Not now. Not the way you did it. Right. Um, but why did the religious right want it to happen? I don't know if that's where you're going with it this. It is not, because I obviously do not know. Uh, the Bible is like, if you... Because okay. Armageddon, it's coming. And this is part of what has to happen for Jesus to return. Wait, really? Uh-huh. Wait, I stopped talking to the microphone because I was <laughs> leaning forward so far. Is that true? Yeah, that's why they want this to happen. It's not because policy or something or like, well, we want to claim Jesus's land. It's because once this is what has to happen for the second coming or some shit like that. I don't know. It's not rational. Whatever. No. If I'm wrong, fine. But like the whole point is... It's not some rational reason they want yeah. this area. Um, God, that was a lot for me to take in. I'm glad I don't pay attention to this because <laughs> I am bummed the fuck out that our government is trying to bring the apocalypse on. Cool. Good work as usual. My thing is a little lighter because yes. that's sort of what I bring to the table here. <laughs> Where are you is going? Rants and jokes. Where are you going? Um, so apparently Nazareth which I'm not a biblical scholar, but I do know that Jesus is from Nazareth because I've seen Jesus Christ Superstar a lot. And that's where I know most of the shit about Jesus. If anyone needs me to sing the whole musical to them, I can. (laughs) And frankly, I will. I've been waiting for somebody to ask. Hmm. So apparently every year, Nazareth has big Christmas celebrations. They're sort of well-known for the whole Jesus thing. It's sort of kind of their jam. Um, but because of Trump's move, uh, so Na- Nazareth is, um, so it's the largest Arab town in Israel and it has a Muslim Christian population of 76,000. It's one of the Holy Land's focal points of Christmas festivities. However, this year, because of what Trump did, ruffled some feathers and, um, a city spokesman said that they have decided to cancel the traditional Christmas singing and dancing because we are in a time of dispute because of what Trump has said about Jerusalem. So what Trump did was cancel Christmas. So nice. super nailing it. Really 
He's going to bring Christmas back everywhere except Jesus' home. He's he's withdrawing it from the rest of the world and and slathering it onto the United States. That's good, because no one here celebrated Christmas ever. No, I certainly don't have a Christmas tree up. Nope. That would be blasphemy. Sure. Um, so anyway, uh, Philip brought that to Thank our attention, you, and I thought that was hilarious and dumb. Yes. Not dumb. I don't want to minimize what's dumb going on. Dumb on Dr- Trump's part. But, dumb. Hey, look, it's like your not thought out policies have backfired yeah, somehow. I can't Nicely done. It. There's the tax scam bill that's currently going to be voted on next week. Ooh, going out on a limb, calling it a I tax mean, scam. Look it's out. It's a scam. So one of the conflicts that was going on of many conflicts in that bill is that the Johnson Amendment repeal was Mm -hmm. in that legislation. And the Johnson Amendment repeal is the Johnson Amendment says if you are getting a tax exemption for your church, as all churches do, and mosques and synagogues and whatever and nonprofit groups. Fine. We will let you not pay taxes because you're a nonprofit. Because you're contributing to the greater good. Yes. But in exchange, you don't get to play politics by telling people how to vote. Mm -hmm. The ACLU might say, you know, we support civil liberties and these candidates are good for civil liberties. That's why you see a lot of like the Here's a report card. Yeah. Yeah. But they can't say we need all of you to go vote for Elizabeth Warren or Mm -hmm. something like that. They can't do it. And churches can't say. Yeah. Uh, that That's too. dumb. Uh, churches can't say we need all of you to go out and vote for Roy Moore. It's illegal to do that right. if you want to keep your tax exemption. You can't do both. If you want to pay taxes and do it, cool. This is all in theory, though, because yeah. in practice, it doesn't necessarily in practice, look that. Some tr- like that. pastors have been like, hey, everyone, go vote for this person. Uh-huh. Get it on videotape. Send the videotape th- to the IRS because they want the IRS to revoke their tax exemption so that they could file a lawsuit and try to take this to the Supreme Court and call it an right. abridgment of their free speech. Hasn't happened right. because the IRS just doesn't act on it, which is, bonkers. Which is annoying. Wait, really quick, yeah. though, I know we talked about this before, and I was talking to my husband, and I couldn't remember exactly why. I know a lot of churches are against yes. repealing the Johnson Amendment. Right. So here's the deal. A lot, so all these religious right groups are like, you're stopping our free speech, mm-hmm. even though they can talk about pretty much every political thing. They, you could say gay marriage is wrong, and people abortion, should vote against blah, blah, blah. gay marriage and vote against abortion, but they can't say vote for this candidate. That's mm-hmm. it. And a lot of churches are like, I don't want the government. They understand that rule. They Mm -hmm. understand it applies to everybody, not just like they can't speak out. Um, And so this religious right in general is like, we want this rule repealed. We Mm -hmm. want to be able to tell our candidates who to vote for. And and this is what the GOP wants to give them. And the reason they want to do this is because not only would you get to endorse candidates and tell people how to vote, which would inevitably be for a Republican, Mm -hmm. they could also do fundraising and they could say, Hey church, we're uh, to the rest of the congregation. We're supporting this candidate. Give us money. We're going to give it to the candidate, Mm -hmm. but churches don't have to tell you how much money they are spending and how they're spending it. So it's kind of like, Oh, I have a lot of money. I want to give it to my church. They don't, no one has to know that I'm giving it to the candidate. Like, there's a way around it. Now, the reason a lot of other churches are like, no, keep the rule in place, Uh they don't want their church to become just another fundraising arm of a political party, which is exactly what would happen. They're like, look, the thing you are asking us not to do to endorse a candidate, that's fine. Yeah. We can do everything else. We get the rules. We know we could talk about whatever we want. Right. There really is no abridgment on what we could say. And we like it that way. You stay out of our business. Mm -hmm. We'll stay out of yours. It's all good. 
So more priests than not say, uh-huh. don't repeal the rule. But of course, Donald Trump doesn't care about that. And his phrasing was really suspect, right? Because he said churches as opposed yeah. to like religious institutions. Trump or signed an executive order earlier this year saying, I'm repealing the Johnson Amendment. But it literally said, like, this applies to churches, not nonprofit groups in general, not uh, all this stuff. F- the Freedom from Religion Foundation sued. They're like, you're giving a special perk to churches by yeah. letting them do this, but it doesn't apply to us as a nonprofit group. Uh-huh. And the government responded by saying, that's total. Trump's a liar. Like, don't listen to him. This would apply to you too. And so FFR have dropped the case because they got assurances from the government that Trump was full of it. <laughs> so stupid. There is, stupid. There are so many things wrong with the words so you just many, said. So many. Everything. So... The tax bill that is going through, uh-huh. the, I believe the House version of the bill okay. that passed a couple weeks ago, that included a repeal of the Johnson Amendment. The uh-huh. Senate's version did not, which meant now that they were hammering out the differences, this right. was up for debate. So here's the good news, if there is any good news. This is not <laughs> in ever the been repeal. Good news in the repeal is not in the final bill. So the Good. so Trump loses again. Mm-hmm. He promised something that he couldn't deliver on. Right. It's a nice consolation, even though if this tax bill goes through, there's a lot of problems. But this uh-huh. isn't going to be one of them. You got nine nine problems, but a church ain't. That was yeah. dumb. I'm sorry. Yeah. Like it's. I thought about saying it, and I was like, you "Don't, did. Jess. You'll regret it for the rest of your life." Nope. It's not recorded on and, anything. And now here we are, <laughs> living my nightmare. Yes. Um, now it's tr- possible Congress could pass a separate bill that repeals the amendment. But mm-hmm. this was the reason they were doing it in the tax bill is because they're like, we could sneak it in through here. Because every every if the whole house is on fire, we could do some like set this little garbage can on fire, and no one will notice. <laughs> That's a good metaphor. Yeah, it's all dumpster fires. <laughs> um, and they failed at doing that. They <sighs> they can't even do the things they're not good at. <sighs> so um, it's not included in here. That's a nice celebration to have, even though everything. I think sucks. celebrate is generous. Celebrate I think is not want to bang my head against wall for yes. five minutes is more apt. That too. <clears throat> I have one more about religion than two Go about science. Look at you. Should we group it? Should we do some clust- science cluster? Sure. That's stupid. Man, I'm really hurting myself tonight. Okay, so I got this. So um, Mormon, Mormon Lakes, Mormon Lakes, Mormon, Mormon Lakes, Lakes um, released in 1981 guidebook. <laughs> have you heard about this? I have. Oh, good. Were you going to ta- talk about that? I talked to Mormon Lakes. We're mm-hmm. buddies. Mormon leaks. Is it you're John? Right. Different person. Oh, uh, I'm Facebook friends with John. It's John, all what's good. his last name? Delin. Delin. We talked to him before. Yeah. Yeah, nice we interviewed guy. him. I just see his name in print, and so the, the <laughs> more often I see somebody's no, go, name written ex- down, the explain, less the less comfortable I am saying it out loud. Explain this 1981 book that they released. Haven't. It would be my honor. So, can I just read? Please. Can I just read it? I'm listening. Okay. So this is a quote, 1981 guidebook just released by, uh, by Mormon Lakes. And I quote, <clears throat> early masturbation experiences introduce the individual to sexual thoughts, which may become habit forming and reinforcing to homosexual interests. So masturbation. I'm not done. Uh-huh. Self-masturbation is almost universal, <laughs> universal among those who engage in homosexual behavior and is a very difficult habit for some, to, for most to overcome, which I will say, that's probably right. Most gay people masturbate. That fair enough. So nice reporting. <laughs> so Mor- masturbation Mormons. makes you gay or keeps you gay? Yeah. So 
and it really, like, I like that first sentence because it takes a hard right turn at the end. <laughs> like, so early masturbation experience. Don't sexual use the word thoughts. hard in this conversation. <laughs> How dare you? Um, early masturbate, because you hear a lot of, like, don't masturbate because it gives you impure thoughts and all sure, that sure. thing. Forming and reinforcing to homosexual interests, which I assume is because if you're a dude and you're masturbating, you're a... You're touching a penis, You're a dude therefore. jerking a dude off. Yeah. Yes, they're the same human, you. Yeah. I've heard that argument from religious right people that I think Mark Driscoll, that horrible pastor, said something like, if you're masturbating, you are touching a penis and that makes you gay. As if any of these things are a problem, but that is right. their argument that masturbating is a form of homosexual acts and that is what these right-wing people not. They don't like it. I'm just... It's a sin. It's like... Because there's no way that these men have never masturbated, right? Like, it just... You would think. It just feels, like, incomprehensible that this is... They all do it, and then they all hide it. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, like, a banana's way to live your life. (laughs) Like, can you imagine... Like, just... I try not to. No, yeah, you're right, and I shouldn't have, like... But you're right. They put out this... Bad choice of words. They put out this pamphlet in 1981. By the way, they put out other versions of it earlier, Uh which have been made public, but this one in particular, I have not seen online until they posted it. And it's just just bad information. It's Mm -hmm. not just like, oh, look, it's funny to watch these beliefs Mm -hmm. that are so wrong. It's, It's that they're so completely ridiculous. And, and, I mean, we could just harmful and Let's harmful, just get yeah, that out yeah. of the way. Like we acknowledge like all of that garbage is really, really, really yeah. harmful, especially for young gay people in the church. Yeah. But like they treat, by the way, it's not now. I think the Mormon church's policy is it's fine. If you're gay, we don't care if you're gay. But we, you can't act on it. You cannot act on it. You have to be celibate. And what this 1981 pamphlet says is you shouldn't be gay at all. There's something wrong with you. If you are, masturbation may lead to that, which is why that's also a problem. Yeah, I'd like to to read... So this is from a Newsweek article. The Mormon Church believes homosexuality is, quote, of grave concern because it may involve violent or criminal behavior and is as sinful as heterosexual adultery and fornication. The book also claims that it's a learned behavior, unhealthy development in early childhood, absentee fathers and dominant mother... Yeah, this is what causes the gay... Do you feel like mothers are always to blame? Like, they're to blame when somebody's a serial killer. See that time and time again. Blame when you're gay. Blame when you hate women. Mm-hmm. God, mothers, really. We're j- mothers are just screwing up the world right and left. Come on, moms. You've got the world at your feet. You have all the resources you need. How are you blowing this so hard? Um, Too busy what, so, turning their kids gay. <laughs> so what I think is interesting about this is that like, yeah, they do say it's as bad as adultery or fornication, but, like, it may involve violent or criminal behavior, which is, like, this weird thing of... Those are really different. Like, obviously, you and I know, like, being gay and having, like, violent behaviors or something like that are extraordinarily different things, yeah. but, like, w- let's actually have a conversation about violent behavior because that's a thing that is really harming people, but it's only in that link of like, oh, gay people are more likely to be violent. Like, since, like, obviously you're not worried I mean, about the, domestic abuse. The so. right wing uh, 
myth that has always surrounded homosexuality uh-huh. is that gay people are going after your kids. Yeah. That's why they have to be stopped. You know who's actually going after your kids? Roy Moore. Yep. Uh-huh. I was going to say Catholic priests, but oh, yours hey. was much more timely <laughs> and also equally as true. Yes. Good job, world. Yes. Johnny wants to say hi. Say hi to my dog. Hi, dog. You're so good with hi, dogs. Hi, doggy. You're so good with it. Hi, Mark. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> Did you see there was a tweet? We're joking about the room. Somebody said the disaster, ar- <laughs> the disaster artist is getting really, really high marks. Yeah, I saw that tweet. That was funny. <laughs> That's the thing Mikey will just say to me sometimes. <laughs> Hi, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> that movie, you guys. If nothing else, if you, you don't need to watch the whole movie, it's a nightmare. But just see the flower shot scene. Oh, it's really like I feel like it super encapsulates the whole. Oh, How have you not seen The Room? I'm talking to every listener out there. Go watch The Forget think, the disaster artist. Go watch The Room. I Stop think what you're doing. not everybody gets the kind of glee out of bad movies. You will. Listen, okay, I don't I'm sorry. watch... I'm sorry. I don't watch movies, Heaven, are period. are you judging people for not seeing shit? That hey, guys, go to friendly. Right <laughs> go to pay th- pay, uh, patreon.com slash friendly this podcast so we can make Hemet watch Star Wars for the first are there, time. Are there like eight of them now? We're not going to... There's eight, yeah. Jesus. Um, we're not going to watch all of them. I just want you to watch A New Hope. But actually, uh-huh. actually, The Force Awakens is genuinely a movie that I love and enjoy and watched <laughs> yesterday. A New Hope, again, I said it before, I hate that movie, but you have to watch it. Nah. Okay, so, donate, please. I'm uh, oh, go okay. watch The Room. It's bad, yeah. but it's so bad, it's, it's a, good. It's a Come fun on. thing to put on if you've, like, had a drink with some friends and you oh, just need yeah. something to no put on. Oh, yeah, no alcohol like, would that. be required. <laughs> yeah, I was trying <laughs> Actually, Don't watch it who- sober. <laughs> Hammett's the one who introduced me to the room. He came, I had a party in my apartment like right when I started writing for Friendly Atheist. Um, and I was really embarrassed. because I'm interested because this is the last time I went to a party. <laughs> you drank Sprite the whole time. That sounds about right. Um, but you came over and it was right when I started writing for the Friendly Atheist. And I invited you to, I think it was probably my, we do opening ceremonies parties for oh, the Olympics. Yeah. And you came over for that. And I was really embarrassed because I have your book on my shelf. I was like, God, I hope he doesn't <laughs> see that. That's really fucking embarrassing. I don't have my book on my shelf. What the hell are you doing? <laughs> I read it. Nice. I think. Maybe. No, I definitely read it. Um, and you were telling me about the room and you were describing it to me. And I was just <laughs> like, and it's uh, like the Cliff's notes, it's, it's this megalomaniac bonkers guy who wrote himself into like, like a, a softcore porn. That he, that he thought was amazing. Yeah, but it's like a softcore. Like he fucks, you see a lot of his ass, like his actual ass. Um, and so he was explaining it to me and I was like, this guy is weird. I shouldn't <laughs> write for his weird blog anymore. <laughs> we got off track. <laughs> um, point is Roy Moore stop again. doing your shit oh yeah Mormons uh, oh hi Mark <laughs> I'm moving my favorite, on my favorite customer hi doggy <laughs> so uh, Christianity Today yes. uh, evangelical publication yes their editor wrote before the election in Alabama like a day before the election happened uh-huh. he's like I already know who the biggest loser of this election is it is the Christian G-O-D. faith. Okay, I was close. Yeah. And what he said is because evangelicals were so in the tank for Roy Moore, uh-huh. and this was not an endorsement or not an endorsement In of the Roy tank? Moore. Is that an expression? Sure it is. I'm, I, I don't know. But <laughs> Sorry, he's I didn't like, mean to call you out. I'm just never... Oh, I, I hear it. Oh, well, you, you meant it. <laughs> what he was saying is like evangelical Christians, regardless yeah. 
there are these allegations against Roy Moore. A lot of Christians have just dismissed them, and they're supporting Roy Moore either because they think it's a conspiracy or because they don't believe the women uh-huh. or whatever. And what he said is, uh, quote, no one will believe a word we say, perhaps for a generation. Christianity's integrity is severely tarnished. Um, and this guy went on to say, from moderate and liberal brothers and sisters, conservatives have received swift and decisive condemnations. Uh-huh. They call these conservatives idolaters for seeking after political power. They call them homophobes for wanting Christian bakers to yeah. legally follow their conscience. They call them racists and Islamophobes for wanting secure borders, blah, blah, blah. Everyone thinks Christians are hypocrites. Uh-huh. And this election just confirms that is basically what this guy is saying. And the only response I have for that, I, I agree. I agree that the Roy Moore election uh, tarnished evangelical Christianity really badly, uh, but so did the election of Donald Trump, and so did their stance against gay marriage, and so did their opposition to women's rights over and over and over. Like, the Roy Moore thing was not the straw that broke the camel's back. But it might be. I mean, and that's what we talked about a couple weeks ago, is like, yes, Donald Trump is a nightmare human, and like, there's no, no way to get around that. But I feel like pedophilia tends to be like the ultimate boogeyman for people like preying on children is very much a a very, very unforgivable act. Right. Like not, and not, and that's not to diminish like, no, I know what you're saying. I I just, I don't, I don't know if I've seen anything that suggests there are more people who now look down upon evangelical Christianity, like after the election, after the Roy Moore scandal, than compared to before. Because I think their reputation has gone down the gutter for so long now. It's continuously gone down the gutter. Uh, I've been giving talks for years about, like, why are we seeing this demographic shift in favor of atheists Mm -hmm. and non-religious people? And one of the answers is because religious people keep taking the wrong side on the simplest of moral issues. Well, and I... Like, should gay people have rights? The answer is (laughs) yes. And yet they are like, no, what? Like, this is just the latest thing. Of course they're supporting the worst candidate because the other guy's not Christian enough for them, even though he is Christian. Like, he's super Christian. Yeah. Nope, doesn't count because he's not Roy Moore who pre- who has to wear like a cowboy uniform and ride sassy. I'm sorry, a cowboy uniform. <laughs> sorry, that was. There's a- no way he owns that shit. Well, for real. I call it a costume. <laughs> sure. Um. Well, that um. I don't. I can't remember if I talked about it in the podcast, but um. There's a really good op-ed in the New York Times called Blue States Practice What the Family Value Red States Preach. Mm. And it kind of speaks to that of they poise themselves on this moral, the right poises themselves on this moral high ground and says all these things. But real, oh, and what this cites is mostly like divorce rates seem are generally lower in, mm. in, um, blue states and, you know, all, if you want to lower abortion, exactly. you want lower abortion rates, Teen go to a blue state, high school graduation yeah. rates, like anything that we generally would look to, to sort of denote if a, a state or an area is successful, I guess, lower divorce rates, lower unplanned pregnancies, teen pregnancies, things like that. Those all happen in blue states. And so like w- this sort of chest beating and like moral shouting that the right does isn't reflected in that. So if you do believe in those things sincerely, 
you're not getting that from the South. Yeah. Or from the Bible Belt or for wherever. Um, also, somebody tweeted at me, because um, a couple weeks ago we talked about um, how Roy Moore is like this sort of liberal Frankenstein that was built <laughs> to be the worst possible thing. Yeah. And um, uh, somebody named, I don't think this is their real name, but uh, Sika Tandon's Muse. Um, I, I don't know if I should read Twitter handles. I'm not sure how radio works. Anyway, they, they tweeted at me, um, somebody, uh, somebody named uh, Peter Wiener, W-E-H-N-E-R, Wiener? Oh, Wiener, yeah. Wiener? I know I mentioned him on the website somewhere. Um, so he wrote a real, another op-ed from the New York Times called Why I Can No Longer Call Myself an Evangelical Republican. Mm-hmm. And really cites the same thing as, as you were just saying and that we talked about a couple weeks ago, that like this man, aside from saying that he is evangelical and like voting to ban abortion at every step, he, he extols none of the virtues that they pride themselves on. He's a monster. And the fact that and I said you know, a couple weeks ago, I mean, the, the Republicans are so willing to sell their souls for a Senate seat or the White House or whatever that nothing they say means anything anymore because it doesn't fucking matter. Because You want to help the poor? Don't vote for the tax bill. Yeah. I mean, like, things like that. It, it's, ugh, it's fucking garbage. Yeah. I got um, a few quick stories for okay. you. One of them that was really interesting because I hadn't heard it before. Okay. Uh, it comes from an, a really old post that I guess some woman posted on a forum years ago, and then it went viral again last year. Her name is Leslie Rush, and basically the story is uh, she wants to teach her kids about Santa, but she had these dilemma the dilemma of, well, I don't want to lie to my kids, so what do I do? Hmm. And so she came up with a really clever way. I don't know if she originated it, but this is what she does with her kids. When they get old enough to start questioning Santa, uh, she basically takes... I'm sorry, she's yeah. Christian atheist? I or d- d- is that don't not... No. Okay, go ahead. But um, she has to do what all parents do, which is at some point her kids are going to be like, I don't think Santa's real. Your infant doesn't believe in Santa, does uh, he? I might... Kids don't know Santa yet. I think oh, really? still too small. Yeah. Is your older one? I think she maybe heard of Santa, but like I don't know if she do knows you not do like gifts. go get. Oh, we're totally doing it, but I don't know if she comprehends. It's gotcha. two. Okay. So it's oh, like yeah. nah. I forgot how young she still is because you have two human children. Jesus. They're so little. Ugh, two of them. So do you want me to borrow one for a little while? Please. <laughs> Actually, uh, anyone who's listening, if you want to, <laughs> okay, Hammond, you want to babysit, atheists don't have the best reputation, so maybe don't try to give your human children <laughs> away on two, the radio. Uh, seriously, just send me a package. Are they some a matching set, or can they be separated? Separated okay. is fine. <laughs> I'll ship it out tomorrow. Just take them for a couple weeks. You don't want to do it now because the lines in the post office are so long. But once they're out, <laughs> so. Back to the Santa story. I hope somebody cuts that out and says, atheists are monsters. (laughs) Go ahead, Uh, So this lady's like, okay, my kids are old enough that they are like, I don't think Santa's real. So what she says is she takes that kid aside. She has a couple of them. She takes the kid aside and she's like, you know what? I can tell that you've... You're one of the smart ones. You figured it out. (laughs) And I think you are ready to become Santa. And what that means for her is that, you know, your friends might have said there's no Santa. uh, And they think that, but 
they're not ready to be a Santa, but you are. Uh-huh. And what that means is you get to like do all the things Santa does. So who do you want to help out this Christmas? And they get presents for like the most unsuspecting good people who uh-huh. deserve it. And she gives it that way. So like she's not lying about Santa giving gifts, but she is switching around who Santa is. It's right. not some bearded red guy. It's all <laughs> inside of you. And that's a cute way of doing it. No, and then she nice. said when she has a younger kid, she does, she has a younger kid. When that kid's old enough, the older one's in Tells on the project. It, yeah. And he's kind of letting him in on it. Nice way to handle the issue. Yeah, that's cute. Uh, if you're wondering how to deal that, because I've heard atheists say, I wouldn't teach my kid about Santa because I don't want to lie to them. Uh-huh. Some of them are like, no, let's play the Santa game because right. it's fun and it's training wheels for God. So why not? Yeah. Oh, for sure. Um, so good idea if it helps. <laughs> Uh, here's a totally, totally different story, but one I didn't want to skip over because it was interesting. I think we've talked about this on the podcast before. There's a city in Minnesota, Belle Plaine, and they had this open forum, a park where you could, uh, whatever, it's a nice little park. Mm. They had a monument dedicated to veterans, I think a World War I uh, st- uh, monument mm-hmm. to honor the veterans or something. And uh, I don't know if it's that war or a different one, but they had this display but it's a soldier kneeling in front of a cross. Oh, it's a Christian yeah, yeah. display. So the satanic temple is like, well, if you're allowing that one, mm-hmm. you got to allow other displays too. You can't just have that one. So we want to make a display to put in the park. And they got the approval from the city. The was city, it veteran specific or is it just a religious symbol of some kind? Or do you know? Did I just call you out again? No, I think it was. I mean, the monument was for. No, veterans. I'm sorry for the sat- the Satanists. Did they want to put in also a memorial to the veterans? Yes. Oh, okay. They All wanted right. to put in a memorial for veterans, but it just wasn't going to have a cross. Mm-hmm. So they actually built. It looks like a giant black steel cube with pentagrams on all sides, Jeez. and like it looks like an I upside love them so upside much. down soldier's helmet. Like oh. on the top, symbolically that's or something. Dark. So that's what they wanted to do. It was a real display with symbolism and yeah. all that. And they said, you know, just like the other display, we will pay for it. Mm-hmm. It'll be nice. It'll cost whatever. And we'll we'll make it. Mm-hmm. You just got to put it up. And they got the approval for this. Okay. And so this happened um, a while back. They got the approval. And then... They made, but once they got approval, they made the display. Mm-hmm. And I don't know where they get the money for this stuff, but it cost them. <laughs> really? Where do they get it? I don't know where Satanists get money, but $35,000 is what they spent on this monument. They built it, they were ready to install it. And then when the city realized, oh shit, they called our bluff. So they physically actually, built they it. Physically built it. The city uh, then decided, you know what? We're just going to close <gasps> the forum. So we'll take down the Christian display oh, okay. so there's no legal issue. And legally speaking, fine, you, that's fair as well. Um, so that's what the city did. Mm-hmm. The Satanic Temple is now considering filing a lawsuit against the city saying, you gave us the green light, we made the monument, and then Reimburse you rescinded us. your... yes. And then you rescinded your offer. Oh we want our money that you made us spend on this because you said yes, and then you changed your mind after we made it. I don't know if they haven't filed a lawsuit yet. They're still considering it because um, they sent a letter saying, give us our money. Yeah. The city's like, fuck you. <laughs> and they're like, well, okay, we're considering our options now. But this is an interesting, uh, the city's argument is we told you we'd give you a $100 refund or something. So I'm we, sorry, $100? $100 <laughs> refund after we said no to your monument. <laughs> and we sent you the check. 
and the satanic is temple. Is that for like the permit or whatever? Yeah, yeah, yeah the permit application that yeah. you gave us. And the satanic temple's like, well, we never cashed that check, uh-huh. so whatever. So I don't, I don't know who wins this <laughs> so legal battle. Your financial battle. records are going to be off forever. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the question that I don't know the answer to, uh-huh. that I don't think anyone here knows the answer to. Which I bet is, I do. Go ahead. <laughs> which is, if there's an open forum, like let's say a nativity scene outside a courthouse, mm-hmm. and then your group, your atheist group, your satanic group comes in and says, well, we want to join in, and we will do all the things. We'll make the display. We'll monitor it. We'll hoops. put it in. And you, the city says, fine, do it. And then they change their mind after you are ready to do it. Do they have any obligation? Are they allowed to just pull the rug out from under you at the last second just to fuck with you? Because that, that really is what the city did here to the Satanists. But, but I don't know that it, you could say, well, they owe the money for the monument because that seemed like a stretch too. But it's something that so many cities could take advantage of, just saying, oh, yeah, we have an open forum. And sure. the second some group says, great, we have a non-Christian display to put up there, right. they could just say, oh, we were just kidding. Haha, <laughs> done with the open forum. But that the, seems wrong, too. The flip side, and to play devil's advocate, because I'm a 24-year-old white guy, and that's kind of my thing, um, would you say, or would whoever put up the original Christian monument because that was taken down because the city changed its mind, should they be reimbursed as well? Good question. Thank I don't know. You. But the the that statue was up there for a while. Right. So and, I, and, you can't like, even claim this, we made right. it and then it wasn't used. Right. No, but I'm just kind of like putting that on the yeah. universe. Like it's where, a good how, question. How long does it have to be there before it's reimbur- You know, before it's served its purpose? Right. I don't know. It's, uh, God, but that, that was is... an argument I've never heard before where the city's like, no, after you, they said yes, and it was just to mess with them. Do you think it was or do you think? Yeah, because the, if they wanted to close the forum, they should have done it after the Satanists applied. But, and just said, you know what? We don't want this but display. But is there is there so a no. chance that they were willing to let these let this go through and then got some kind of political pushback? Or they did. There, there were some small protests in the area, like the day before the Satanist monument was uh-huh. going to get installed. There was a little bit of uh, like a protest that took place, but it was a small little like, oh yeah, some local people are kind of upset. But who cares? Right. It doesn't matter. The Satanists were right about using how they used it. Right. So. I guess I'm just I'm just positing like you I'm not convinced that they did it just to fuck with the Satanists. I'm, I I'm, I am. I'm see, yeah. I'm wondering, okay, did they think this is the right thing to do and this is what they did? And then they heard down from on high that somebody said, No, fuck this, like yeah. And, and then so I don't I mean you might know more than I do I'm I don't hear anything that convinces me that they were just getting fucked with but maybe I've got two how many do you have left? I have one more that should be really quick okay let's do it do yours uh, one second mm-hmm. write things down so this happened tonight right before I got here okay. so I haven't had much of a chance to look into it God, but it's it midnight seemed, what know. are we doing with our lives uh, we're drinking it, wine it's our Friday night <laughs> I'm unemployed every night's Friday night. (laughs) I have kids. I'm just out of the house, so I don't (laughs) care. Uh, The uh, CDC, Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. Oh, I have that one too. Hey, look at it. High five. Um, They put out a list of words that scientists cannot use in their budget when they're thinking of things. Can I read them? Please. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. One, vulnerable. All right. Two, entitlement. Uh Uh-huh. Three, diversity. Can't have that in the budget. Four, 
transgender. What what is the what are you gonna substitute? Five. For Excuse that? me. Yeah. I'm in a rhythm. Mm-hmm. Five. Fetus. Six. Evidence based. Can't have that. Seven. Science based. So Hemant, which one makes you the most angry? Let's do that first. <laughs> Because I know which one makes me the most angry. I mean, they all make me angry, but evidence-based is the least offensive, controversial thing on that list. So that makes you the most mad to pull out? Yeah, why are you against evidence? What What is it about evidence that is pissing you off that you don't want it in the budget? So I would say fetus makes me the most mad because... Mm-hmm. I mean, they're all... Uh, like, transgender, I guess, is also a technical term, yeah. but fetus is like... A thing nobody denies exists. Like, people deny transgender people exist because they're fucking monsters. But, like, mm-hmm. fetuses are a thing. And, by the way, if the CDC's budget includes fetus, I have to imagine you're doing something to help well, fetuses yeah, or and that's help actually, the women. I was looking into that a little bit. Um, there's a couple uh, specific reasons that this is fucked besides... Mm-hmm. All of the obvious 1984 implications. It's very Orwellian. I mean, it's not even like Orwellian. It's so beyond, like, thought speak or or Big Brother or like it's bananas. Um, somebody, so somebody at the CDC spoke to I think it was Reuters that I got this from. Yeah. Uh, under the cover of anonymity because they're not allowed to be talking to um, talking to the public or to the press rather. So. Um, so at, this is a quote at the CDC, several offices have responsibility for work that uses some of these words, the national center for HIV AIDS, viral hepatitis, STD and TB prevention, which holy shit, they're busy. I bet Mm -hmm. that's all one chunk is working on ways to prevent HIV, HIV among transgendered people. So I'm going to go ahead and say transgender is a pretty important word when they report and ask for money. Um, the other one that I think is like, uh, I don't know. The CDC's work on birth defects caused by the Zika virus includes research on the developing fetus. Yeah. So if you can't even mention those in the budget, what are you going to do when you need money for those because, things? Or do I you mean, not is want it, those in the budget? Is it saying we don't want this? In the, and I, I don't know. Is it saying we don't want this in the budget? Or is it forcing them into softer language? Is it forcing somebody to say, like, unborn human child baby? <laughs> well, at least for science-based and evidence-based, they offered a euphemism, which I don't know why you need they it. They did say that. Uh, which and is it is just the CDC. It is a mouthful. Yeah, CDC with- bases its recommendation on science in consideration with community standards and wishes, which is stupid because if you're basing it on science, I don't care what your community believes. Right. And the, what's the so HHS? it's it's a watered down version of science that could very well include pseudoscience. Yep, I, the HHS and I don't know what that Health, Health and, and Human, Human Services. Services. Yeah. Um, it also has removed information about LGBT Americans from its website. Yeah, this is just the Trump administration, religious uh, yeah. right? They've done this in other areas but too. The f- I mean, I've, everything about it is fucked, but. Um, the department's administration for children and families, for example, archived a page that outlined federal services that are available for LGBT people and their families, including how they can adopt and receive help if they're the victims of sex trafficking. Like, I, and I don't... This is the work of Jesus. This just lets hurt people who need help or want help. I can't say this enough, but I feel like I'm... A, in a dystopian novel, which I think everybody does. Like a YA one, so like not super intense, but just sort of like 
really black and white. Because mm. that's the thing. Like, this doesn't feel... This doesn't feel like, oh, we have different point of views and we both want to do the most good for the most people. So, but we have different approaches, mm -hmm. which is, I think, how, uh, how a two-party system can be effective. This is, this is like dystopian oh, there's garbage. No, there's no rhyme or reason to this. I remember when Justin Trudeau took over in Canada, yeah. one of the first things he did is he said to the scientists that work for the government, hey, you can talk to the press about the work you're doing because yeah. you were not allowed to do that before me for some reason that made no sense. Mm -hmm. uh, it's the same thing here. And the you have to wonder, who. there's got to be a bunch of scientists who work for the CDC right. who are as appalled by what's going on yes. there. So they're probably like, what do we do about this? Because right. there's probably ways to do research on that would help transgender people, but you can't use the word, mm -hmm. which is stupid, but it's an obstacle you could overcome. Right. But it's just, who, who are these people we are working for? That yeah, how do we get through this until they leave? Right. And Reuters person on the inside, I, I hope it's Reuters, um, they said that th this is this is unprecedented. And this isn't an example of posturing or of, oh, all, all administrations say you can't say this or that. Uh, according to this person, this anonymous source, they couldn't recall a previous time when words were banned from budget documents because they were considered controversial. Right. Which, like, even hearing it said like that, I think words even the EPA did that with, like, climate change, don't mention it, we're scrubbing it from the website. Yeah. It's like, what are I, you afraid of? Facts? Yes. It just... It's this weird politicization. Politi yep. Hi. Did I wine. get it? Politicization. Okay, this is only my first glass of wine. Politicization. Sure. It's a hard word. It is syllables. <sighs> anyway, it's this weird politicizing of science, which is a bananas concept yep. because science is the hunt for truth. Okay. I have, I'm really glad you brought that up because I have another science one. Good, and then I'm going home. <laughs> I have like three more hours of cross-stitching <laughs> to do. Dude, I'm so appreciative of how popular my Etsy shop is, but nice. I have literally done nothing but cross-stitch for the last four days. Like, <laughs> I get up at 7.30 in the morning, sit down on the couch. I've gone through so many series <laughs> on TV. I'm right now I'm rewatching Downton Abbey because I just oh need long-winded British dramas <laughs> to get me through this. Um, thanks for everybody's advice on being human, whether I should watch the fourth season. I appreciate everyone. Anyway, <laughs> so there's, um, so I actually heard that t literally today I was listening to another podcast called, uh, Call Your Girlfriend, um, which is one that I very much like. And they mentioned, um, this psychologist and his and I don't speak French. I shouldn't say I don't speak French. I can't pronounce French words. Mm -hmm. So just bear with me. Mm -hmm. So his name is, um, Nicholas Guggen? G U E with an accent thing. G U E N. Guggen? Guggen? Anyway, so it's this gentleman. So when you so we've seen a lot of clickbaity titles. So one I one of the just to sort of go sort of bigger picture on it, a lot of times we see articles that are studies boiled down to a headline. So like study finds women with dark hair have bigger hearts or whatever. Like, just something that is very clickbaity and very digestible for people. Um, oftentimes, almost always, those stories, those studies are more nuanced than they seem. But there is this one uh, guy who seems to consistently put out really clickbaity uh, studies, and I'm using studies in scare quotes, 
um, so some uh, articles here, some articles that have been written about his work, work are Time Magazine, quote, science proves it. Men really do find high heels sexier. Like, fucking jump out my ass. I don't give a shit. Um, there, he really studies about women are less likely to be helped if their hair is pulled back, for, like, by men. Just these so sort of... So all these things science supposedly proves. Supposedly proves. Um, and I didn't read this article as thoroughly as I could because, frankly, Hemant texted me that he was coming over and then I forgot immediately. Done. <laughs> so it's, the doorbell radio is like, oh, shit. Um, <laughs> so so I'm going to kind of... And I, I'm... Um, this came up on um, ARS Technica. R's Technica. R's? Yeah. You'd say the R's? Sure. Am I an idiot? Like, sometimes no. I think I might be an actual idiot. It's all good. Um, so, essentially, what they found out... So, people saw these clickbaity titles, right? Yeah. And were like, really? Like, these studies said this? So, they found out a few troubling things. Um, one is that he thus far has released, I think, 17 studies in 2017 or maybe 11 studies. That's a lot of studies for one dude. A lot of studies for one human person. Yeah. Uh, two, he's almost always the only, um, the only expert or, um, (laughs) scientist who's attached to it. Okay. Um, so that's two things. Three is that the sample sizes, we talked about tiny sample sizes earlier, are always like... Five college co-eds. <laughs> so it turns out... So they're just publishing these papers in random places. Mm-hmm. He's the credibility guy. Right. And then he gets the publicity when he makes for clickbaity titles. Ex- that's exactly what's happening. And so these these journalists were like, hey, these studies seem kind of whack. Yeah. And so they dug into it and found all of these like ethical, uh, let's say questionable methods. Okay. Um, and it turns out that he is, like, using his, uh, the college, um, what's it called when you're a professor and you use a college or grad student to help you with a study? Normal. Cool. Um, using these young women as, a, as subjects in his study hmm. and not compensating them, and which I don't know is the norm. I don't know enough about scientific study. But I will say that they're all, like, Okay, go walk down the street in high heels, or go <laughs> go be in a bikini in public, and like let's write down what happens. So it's happens. not just bad science; it's crossing all sorts of ethical Correct. lines. Correct. Yeah. So this is a thing that stuck out to me. Um, wait. So in this, so God, what was this? Oh, so they like walk through some of the things, and it's like men with long hair are less likely to. So the study had. Tested whether women's hairstyles influence people's inclination to be helpful. On a busy city street, a female collaborator wore her hair loose in a ponytail in a bun. Oh, my God. And then dropped her glove when walking. Uh-huh. And then the bystanders were given a score to indicate how helpful it had been. It's literally a woman standing on the street, like, putting her hair up and putting it down. Science. And, like, dropping shit. Yes. Which does not a study make. Like, <laughs> you and I can just do that in front of my house. My neighbors don't go outside, so it wouldn't be effective. But, like, we could do it and publish a fucking paper and be in Time Magazine, Hammond. There we go. What are we doing here? But anyway. Not science is what we're not doing. But so it's a really <clears throat> interesting thing. So I think a lot of people have talked about in the last few months that there's a problem with science being, A, scientific pursuits going after things that are interesting and will incite public opinion so it's easier to get um, funding. But B, just can you boil down your entire study to 
not just a headline, a headline. but a clickbaity yeah. headline, something that's going to draw people in. So I think that was always kind of an interesting conversation we had of like, so be careful when you see an article that sounds like, right. yeah, science, but nah, Yeah, that's... if you see this guy's dumb French name, Nicolas <laughs> Gagin? Gugin. G-U-E-G-U-E-N. I mean, it's the same sound twice. You'd think I'd be able to yeah. like, just well, take a Well, anytime you see it. anything that says, like, they discovered that this fossil shows dinosaurs were really two feet tall. Uh, yeah. It's like, it's probably one study that found half of something and, like, don't. Look but, at the study. Don't yeah. take everything at face value. Look at the what's behind it. Yeah, it's a research assistant. That was the word I was looking oh, for yeah. earlier. Thank you for that help, Hammond. You're welcome. Um, I so spent yeah, all this, day at a lab. <laughs> so yeah, this um, this article is called Researchers Find Oddities in High-Profile Gender Studies, and I would encourage people to read it more well, thoroughly than I did. Done. Because um, what I did was listen to two people talk about it and regurgitate it. It's not like, it. like the most responsible journalism I've ever done, but I thought... It's better than this guy. <laughs> With his science. <laughs> I thought people would think it was interesting. I'd le- at least like to <laughs> point y'all in the right direction. Anyway, I, um, I'm i mad at him because he is abusing science. Science. I like it. Yep. Agreed. Is for good. It's not and, for good. And science also, is neutral. Time Magazine, what are you doing? Yeah. And, and that's all these the other, other publications. That's the other thing. Is like Stop, pr- stop pretending like this is real right, science. Right. Okay. That's, I think, everything I have. All right. Uh, what was your happy thing this week? I saw a movie. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> like, in a theater. Wow, did you get popcorn? I did. <laughs> Why do you sound so wistful about it? It's not wistful. It was... Oh, yeah, that's what it was like being in a theater. Mikey, Interesting. When my husband and I go to Don't movies... Don't care much for it. I What, popcorn? No, the whole theater thing. Like, you know what? I'll just watch it at home. Honestly, my, my husband's a huge like movie geek, mm-hmm. and really were it not for him... I would almost never go to movies in the theater. <laughs> Last week when we went to two movies in one weekend, nice. it was a lot. I think <laughs> I talked about it already on this podcast. That's how much it was for me. But it makes him happy. It makes me happy. Oh, anyway, he always gets mad at me because I or- always order a popcorn one size too big. Yeah. Because I always say what I want from my popcorn is I want to eat enough to for it to make me like pretty ill. Yeah. Like not uncomfortable. There's, there's Ill. no one, there's no amount that doesn't make you ill though. No, that's true. And also once you get through the top layer and the fake butter, right, like right. what's the point anymore? Yep. Mikey doesn't put butter on his popcorn. We what didn't the, have any butter. What kind of fucking what kind of monster are you? I, don't blame me. I don't control the butter. <laughs> Does your wife control the butter in your yeah. family? <laughs> so <laughs> Stupid. You think I have control <laughs> over that? Excuse me. Uh, so my uh, my thing this week is, um, Mikey, my husband and I were we've been on the hunt for a new show to watch because we always have yeah. a show going on because we're very cool and have banging social lives. Yeah. But we ended up on uh, HBO has the show called Room One Hundred Four, and it's a really interesting concept. And it's by the Duplass Duplass brothers. I don't know one of the guys from the league. And another guy. You've heard of, you've not heard of the league. It's a show. Uh-huh. Um, my dog's going to try to bury a bone in your suitcase and it's going to be fucking amazing. She's Take looking. It home. <laughs> so she, um, so it's this show and the concept of it is it just, it's vignettes that take place in one hotel room. Mm. So it's, it's almost like a, a one act play or a short story. They're like a half hour each. Um, and they're pretty hit or miss. When they're good, they're very good. But there is one, ep- there is one episode called Voyeurs. And it's literally like a 30-minute ballet that takes place 
in this hotel room, there's, I don't think any words in it and it's two women and it's sort of this like older and younger version of the same woman. And the young woman is like faced with an important choice. And it's just like, I can't stop thinking about it. It's Interesting. this gorgeous dance. And the, the women who dance it are amazing. And I, I just like, and I was looking up on IMDb cause I have to do things like that. Um, and it got like, a 4.2 out of 10. Like, people <laughs> did not like it or get it. But God damn it, I loved it so, so, so much. Also, I'm cheating. Did you read um, Cat Person this week? Yeah, I did. That was good. It? Guys, go read. So my friend just... T- I woke up to a text from my friend that was just like, are you freaking out over Cat Person? I was like, <laughs> what? Short story in the New Yorker a couple yeah. weeks ago. Just a fiction piece. And I never read their fiction pieces. No, I did not know there was a fiction section. And when everyone started talking about the story, it's like, all right, I'll check it out. And I started reading like the first couple paragraphs and I'm like, all right, I'm going to keep reading this because this is interesting. See, and it was it was interesting. Yeah, it it my friends Hemant's avoiding petting my dog like she's on fire. She is. Um, (laughs) it, It. I think everybody sees some of themselves in it. Um, it's just the most awkward date. Yeah, it's, it's basically about the most awkward date. It's you've ever fir- seen. I think it's first person. It's certainly from the woman's perspective of like she meets a guy, and they go out on a date, and like really that's it. But it's it's all the details. It's all the details, and it's what I'm obsessed with is, and I haven't been dating in a while, but. They talk about like when you're texting with somebody or like you're not with them very much, you build up this idea of <laughs> A, your relationship, B, who that person is. And like it was so re- like there were moments of it like, oh, my God, this is too close to home. Anyway, that that's another it's thing good. Go read it. It's very good. It's a maybe 15, 20 minute read. Yeah. Anyway, those are my happy things. Um, I saw a movie. You saw a movie. Now if I'm you guys done with need movies. it, um, I use my parents' HBO Go password. So if you guys <laughs> don't have HBO, just hit me up. <laughs> hey, find us. I'm on Twitter at Hem and Meta. There's <laughs> a dog my who. Dog, it's so dumb. I don't know what the dog did, she, but I don't have the equipment thing is she's anymore. She's been sleeping all fucking day, and so now she's like, "Cool, there's shit." Nice. I'm gonna. She. I don't know if you couldn't see it, but she buried a bone in our couch. Nice. Nobody will ever find it. <laughs> Archaeologists in a million years will come up with it. Um, I'm at Blueberry, B-L-U-E-B-U-R-I-E on the uh, Twitters. Oh, again, I've been getting a lot of Facebook invite um, friend requests. Go ahead and friend me if you want. Just, like, send shoot me a message. Otherwise, if you have no friends in common with me. I, I just say no to everybody. Oh, see, I don't care. I mean, basically, it's just my Twitter. Oh, yeah. So it's not that interesting, but, like, that's fine, whatever. Um, uh, bitches get stitched done. B- bitches get stitched done. Holy shit. Can you guys like wait a week before you <laughs> order something? I'm so fucking tired of cross stitching. Nice. I hate it. I have 27 open <laughs> orders and they each take between two and eight hours to make. So I'm fucking busy. Nice. Um, not that I'm complaining. Guys, if you have like a good British costume drama to recommend to me, I, yeah, I'm always up for it. I like, don't, Hammond's laughing at me. I like I'm to rolling ask, my eyes. I you. like to la- ask you guys for recommendations. Um, God, it's so late. This is the latest we've ever recorded. It really is. What are you, is that? Are we done? We're Did done. Did we do it? Sure. We got through half a bottle of wine. That's not unimpressive. Yeah. All right. Um, see you guys. Is next week Christmas? I don't know. We have to figure something out. Okay. Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>